<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome yet again to another episode of the Bowman Legacies podcast, where we are brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue collar people, one CEO at a time. We're also brought to you by Griswaller, who has written a book called Selfish Acts of Righteous Men. It is a sci-fi Western action packed. Holy cow, this ain't your Louis Lamar book. And you will love it. It's coming out this summer, hopefully. It, I, I'm so jacked this morning. I'm so excited because I have a lifelong friend that we're just going to talk today. And that's what this podcast is all about, is just going to be us talking. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce to you concert violinist. Oh, my gosh. Senior pastor, recording artist. Um, God, I don't even know what else to say. Guru of all things musical uh the man the man legend tim zeger what is up my friend <laughs> oh tim i'm so excited about this man it is so good to be here and it is good we're doing this via zoom so it is so good to see your face to be able to interact with you even though we are hundreds of miles apart but you know that is the beauty of all this even though we a lot of us are stuck in their homes you know the the beauty of connection and being able to interact with people yet there's nothing like it so it is so good to be here and to chat with you today <laughs> so you know as we're mulling over what we were going to talk about today and stuff like that part of me was just like telling me was like dude i just want to hang out with tim again and, and, and for those of you guys who, who don't know Tim, I want to let you know that I have known Tim since he was, what, you were 19? 19. 19. Uh, we were hanging out uh, in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, I had the privilege of teaching this young man how to ride a motorcycle. Woohoo! Yep. And uh, my funnest story that I love telling about Tim was, so we were all obsessive into bikes at that time. Of course, I was obsessive about bikes since I was little because I was raised around them and raised around bikers and stuff. But um, Tim and I got super obsessed with riding and um, he was a new rider. And we decided that we got this awesome privilege by someone giving us a race trailer to borrow, like a legit race trailer to load our bikes up. And we all came home to Indiana. What a lot of people don't know is that some of the best back roads riding in Monroe, Morgan, Brown County, and Owen County, and Greene County in the world. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I told Tim, I was like, look, bro, this is how it is. And I was so brash. I was such a jerk back then. But I remember <laughs> saying, look, bro, this is how it is. I'm not looking back. So you're either with me or not. And if you get lost in those hills, you're screwed. And there was never a time I could look in my rearview mirror and not see you right there. I mean, you didn't miss a beat the whole time. I was so proud. I remember telling you, I'm like, oh, it's like watching your kid grow up. He's so awesome. Dude, I did not want to be left in the back hills of Indiana, just sitting on the side of the road thinking, where the heck am I right now? So I was like, I am going to be right on your butt for that time. But we had, we had such a good time. Actually, I have the, I have the picture right back here in my office and I keep it as a, as a constant memory of not only our friendship, but of the amazing time that we got to share together for that season. And yes, that was a season and we have been physically apart for a really long time, but I will cherish that time. And that season for the rest of my life, because not only was it a learning, learning experience of learning new things. And, you know, when you're in your late teens, early twenties, we did a lot of, um, 
how do I say it? Um, stupid stuff. <laughs> very, um, stupid. very stupid things. But you know what? It was it was formative uh, for me of learning learning life. And yeah. even that trip of being able to hang out with your parents, experience some amazing uh, German cooking from your mother. Um, <laughs> you got to watch me eat a watermelon. A whole watermelon. A whole watermelon. A whole watermelon. Yes, I enjoy watermelon. And uh, so, you know, getting up early with your dad, cooking venison on the grill with your dad. Um, it was it was an incredible time. Uh, it was very relaxing for me. And then just we worked together. And anyway, all that to say is it's incredible to be here with you. And, you know, our our paths have crisscrossed so many times. And now we get to share podcasting together. Yeah, yeah I love that. And for those who don't know, uh, Tim edits all of our podcasts. And this wasn't something, I mean, he just, when he found out I was doing a podcast, he, bless his heart, was so sweet about uh, my inability to edit properly. And uh, he was so gracious. And so he jumped in there and said, look, dude, I want to help you. And so I desperately wanted this to happen and bring Tim in because he's worked so hard on just kind of making sure that our podcasts have good quality. People can hear it. And, and then I don't do something stupid or say something stupid. So what we're talking to here is the filter. (laughs) He's the one who's like, maybe you should second guess this one. (laughs) Hey dude, it is, it is a pleasure. And because we have been such good friends over the years, I wanted to make sure that you are represented well to the best so that our audience here at Bowman Legacies uh, can hear your heart clearly and be able to be impacted for the rest of their lives. Because that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's just, you know, I know a lot of companies right now are starting their own podcast and it's just kind of the thing to do. You and I have like bantered back and forth for several years about podcasting and different creative ideas and and you, of course, just have a phenomenal background. I mean, you you led worship on the mall in D.C. I mean, you've, you've been all over the place. You And you have just such divine quality about what you're able to do. And it just seemed to make sense. And I'm so glad and be able to include you today. And what we're going to talk about is so exciting to me because blue-collar people, so often we get, we get in the, what is it, the dundrums, you know? Yeah, T- get, tunnel vision. We get tunnel vision because we have to work and we have to work so hard. Um, the thing is, in, in the mining and construction fields, there's not a lot of room left over for you or to grow you. It's like you're getting up at 4 a.m., sometimes earlier, and you may have had three hours of sleep and you're doing it all again the next day. And you're doing that six to seven days a week. And the idea that, that you had just mentioned uh, before we started recording was, just keeping that, the importance of keeping curiosity and growing you. And that's a hard concept for somebody who says, yeah, well, growing me sounds great, but I work seven days this, this week. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking as, I mean, I've been a creative all my life in differing roles and different yeah. avenues and different perspectives. And I admire the the guy that gets up or the individual that gets up every morning and you know it might be three four o'clock in the morning and they're going out and they are just plugging away and getting their stuff done and that's great but how are you growing you and even in doing what you're doing your daily 
you know, I got to slug this out and I got to punch this sucker in the face. What can I do every day to grow my curiosity? Maybe it might not be in the job field. It might be just like, okay, I got to get my job done. But when I go home, what am I doing to ignite my curiosity, whether it's for my, my family, for my hobby, or maybe even on the side, learning about what you're doing and finding some ideas even at home to say, hey, what I'm doing every day, what can ignite me even more to go in that next day and say, man, I want to learn more about this. Because yes, we, we have jobs to do. We have tasks to complete, but that can't be our right. end all be all of existence. We have Ooh. to find things that ignite us to say, man, I can, I can really punch this thing in the face and get it done. And maybe there's ways that it's going to spark your curiosity. I can do this better by doing this. And then you can suggest that to other people. Say, man, can we really up our game by doing this? And that all starts with curiosity. I mean, I am, (laughs) there's no doubt about it. I mean, I have ADHD and I just got officially diagnosed. Yay. And, but you know what? (laughs) I have to go through my life each and every day working with that and using those things to my advantage as well. And I become Mm -hmm. a little bit obsessed about things like we talked about. We were obsessed over motorcycles. We were obsessed over cars. I've been obsessed over guitars, which were over video. And you can see a wall of guitars behind me. But, you know, throughout each of those things, I've learned something new. And it sparks my creativity. It sparks other ideas. It sparks conversations with other people. I can sit down and have conversations with other people about a lot of stuff because I'm curious. I'm curious. I watch YouTube videos about planes. Why? Why not? Yeah. That's, that's what I say. I watch YouTube videos about nuclear reactors just because it's fun. It's fun to learn about stuff. It's fun to learn about something new because you never know when that little bit of information will impact somebody else or have an insight into somebody else's world. I was talking to a project manager the other day for a company that they're, they're in what we call the dirt world. And he, he uh, was talking to one of his uh, subordinates. I hate using that hierarchical view of things, but he was, he was talking to somebody that he's managing. <clears throat> and he said, you know what? He said, when are you going to start investing in you? And the kid was like, what are you talking about? You know, we're out here, we're out here in the mining world. What, 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 invest in me. I'm working. I've got my 401k. He's like, well, what do you know about your 401k? And he was like, crickets. And he goes, well, you know, I know you're not drinking every night, but you're drinking a lot of the nights. And I know on the weekends, you're just slogging it down. And he goes, and I appreciate, he goes, you're young. He said, you're, you know, he says, you're out there carousing and and chasing the girls and all those kind of, he goes, I appreciate, he goes, I understand. He goes, I'm a married man now. He said, but one day you're going to find one of those you can't live without. And when you do, what are you going to do? And I was like, Cole, dude, that's huge. You're feeding these guys. And so here he is on the job talking about, look, if you don't expand yourself, you can't get any better at what you're doing here. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not any more serious about growing you on the weekends or on the nights, how do you expect to just slip into a foreman role or a PM role here and really be a craftsman 
at your job, you're just pulling levers right now Yeah, in yeah. both your personal life and here at work, you're cashing it in. And I was just like, boom. Uh, absolutely. And you know, as I've gotten older, um, I've always, I have enjoyed reading, you know, as in my younger years, especially like you're in high school and in our day, it was find the cliff notes and you know, get by or whatever. And, yeah. you know, times have changed. But I have enjoyed so many other outlets of of learning and find those ways. Man, you, you say you don't like reading. Okay, that's fine. Find an avenue into that world. Find podcasts to learn from. Find yeah. audiobooks. I found a new resource lately. It's called Blinkist. And I absolutely love it. It is short form summaries of books. And it is a lot of the big, you know, leadership, even uh, nonfiction things. And you can get a subscription to this and it puts it in basically what they call blinks, eight or nine blinks. And it's a summary of an entire book in less than 15 minutes, pulling out the good nuggets that you can really glean from because there's information out there that we need to learn. Right. And there's stuff that we need to be supporting ourselves with. And maybe you're like, I don't have the attention span or I really don't like reading. Okay. But how are you learning? We're in an information age right now. We're, we're living in the, the largest communication shift in 500 years is right now. And so, no, we're not inventing something new, but there are so many ways that we can learn every mm. single day by maybe it is obviously just listening to a podcast. Maybe it is sitting down and saying, Hey, I need to find a good book that will really help me if, if that's something that you want to try. But maybe that avenue into that is just listening to summaries of books or audiobooks. I've been a longtime subscriber of Audible. And, you know, as I'm driving in the car, as I'm um, doing mundane tasks, as I'm mowing the lawn, listen to something, get that into your brain because those ideas, those concepts will sink in. And again, it comes back to what are, what do you want to be curious about? And it doesn't need to be like, oh, well, I do this for my job. So I need to learn more about that. No, it could be something that honestly, that it has nothing to do. And it's just a way to unplug your mind from the things that you do every single day. Find something you're like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to learn about that. Great. And it will come out. Yeah. And you never know where that can take you. You know, so often I've heard people saying, well, you know, I did this my whole life. I hated my job. And this is to those of you who just absolutely hate what you're doing, you know, and and all of a sudden I discovered X, Y, and Z. I I knew a guy who was an ex ex gamer, a wakeboarder, and he also had passed the bar. And so, you know, uh, pretty much on that successful kind of like, he's going to be a lawyer. The guy was on MTV, you know, and, and all of a sudden I bump into him in Tracy, California at a job site and he's a foreman. And I'm like, Hey, how you doing? We start learning about his past. We go out, we share a couple of beers. And the next thing I know, the guy's telling me all this stuff. And I was like, well, what, what in the world made you change directions in your life like that? I mean, like you're going to be a lawyer. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're in the dirt world. How'd that happen? He goes, Michael, I found that I just love being with people and I love moving dirt. I have a client of mine who was 
in the stock market doing all that and did it for like 11 years. And he said, man, I just felt like I was constantly seeing the worst of people. And then he went out and he became um, uh, something completely different, something involved in the dirt world. And he goes, I love my job. And so having that curiosity just to, to learn about this and learn about that, learn about this, you never know the direction it might take. It could completely change your life. Dude, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, because you never know. I mean, it is okay in this day and age to be a, quote, renaissance man or renaissance woman, you know, yeah. being, you know, having differing interests and it might not be the same. I mean, how many people now can you see that like go to college for one thing and they end up doing a different, I mean, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I have a degree, the all useful degree of violin performance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I still do some of that on the side. I use my my musical knowledge. I'm I'm an artist and I like doing that. And I still like developing that. But by day and by night, yeah. I'm a pastor. Yeah. But it all goes I'm able to I love being with people. Yeah. And so you get to have these different avenues and it's okay. It is okay to have these different avenues to be able to fulfill you in these different ways because no one thing will be able to fulfill you for the rest of your life. No one thing is just going to be like, I get to do this for 50 years. Eh, You you might, maybe, but you might lose interest. But I always tell, funny story, I tell um, our 10-year-old daughter, she is very artsy and, you know, obviously- And she's, she's adorable and she's extremely bright and extremely witty. And I, I joke with her all the time because she loves art. And I think that's great. And I want to encourage that. I want her to be involved. She likes to sing. And I said, you know what, baby? She's also little. She's very petite, very small. I said, you know what would be awesome for you to do as a career? You should be a commercial plumber because those guys make a lot of money and you're little and you could get into small spaces, but she could use that. And I joke yeah. sort of, yeah. sort of, um, I, because I think that she could use that to be able to fund her passion in art. Yeah. And I, dude, that's a huge one for me, man. And my kids, I, so, I tell the same yeah. thing. Okay. You may have this dream, but you need something to fuel the dream. So, man, always be curious about something else because that might give you the opportunity to pay the bills and then still work on your dream, that thing that you want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I jo- it's kind of in joking because she's 10. But, you know, the more that I say it, the more I'm like, hey, that kind of actually makes sense. And, yeah. uh, and you never know. I mean, obviously, I want her to love what she does, but at the same time to instill those values of, hey, baby, you're going to need to have a job. And something that you can enjoy doing, but still find your passion right? and and be able to fulfill that passion. So, Well, and there's so many unbalanced views of dreams right now. You know, we're so flooded with people saying, oh, you need to be a better version of you. And you and all these supposed gurus that supposed to tell us how to live. And here I'm, I'm doing it too. You know what I mean? And in some ways, but uh, you know, there are very few that I subscribe to because they don't have any real practicality. They've never been touched by blue collar life where, hey, I don't have a mommy and daddy. I don't have a bankroll to lean back on. I don't have a safe space. I don't have a net here, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm working with no net. 
because that's what life has brought me. And we've made this nerf world where we can say, oh, go chase your dreams, go do this, go do that. Oh, rainbows and, and cottontails and all this stuff, but it doesn't work. There's a practicality for you chasing your dreams and your dreams can change. And so the fact is you have to be able to work within the system, which is a whole nother podcast, and yet be creative enough to chase that dream. I'll never forget talking to someone who always wanted to work in the racetrack industry for the horses. And so this young lady who had always been passionate about horses. Um, I'll never forget walking into a paddock with her. Um, and uh, she went into another paddock where this other horse was. And they asked me where this, this young lady was. And I said, oh, she's right there. And, um, you know, I don't want to mention her name on the podcast in this case, but I don't have permission or whatever. And she's kind of moody. You know her. Um, and they had, they asked her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so they asked me, where is she? I said, oh, she's over there. She's like, she's with the killer horse, <laughs> you know? And so that horse was always trying to kill somebody when literally trying to stomp them to death. And here she is over there petting them and they're happy. And so she finally gets this job at the racetrack. And I asked her, I said, so man, this is your dream. You're, you're, you're working with thoroughbreds. I mean, these horses are worth millions of dollars. How is, how is it? She says, Michael, sometimes the dream is better than the reality. Yep. And we have to expect that we can't go into life so focused that we forget that the dream could be better than the reality and that it might not turn out the way we have it in our pie in the sky idea. Yep. And so by that, keeping that curiosity, you'll be able to be nimble and move forward instead of being so crestfallen when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Absolutely. It's all about managing those unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it. I see it every day. People and it, it goes from relationships to yeah. work to life in general. We have to manage our unrealistic expectations. I still have at 41 years old. I still have dreams, hopes, desires. Yeah. I mean, we're living in an age where you're not really too old to do anything. Yeah. And there's stuff that I was dreaming back 20 plus years ago that have not been fulfilled yet. But I have to manage those expectations too. Things are different now. Yeah. And but I can still have hopes and dreams and I can work hard for them. But I have to realize at the end of the day it might not be the thing that I was thinking it was going to be. However, yeah. If I have a dream that I want to go after, there is something fulfilling about, I'm learning more about goal setting right now myself. Yeah. And I need to do better at goal setting. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm there I, too. yeah. And, but I love being able to check off a goal and it is something about accomplishing that goal. And it might be a dream, but it might not look like the thing that you thought it was going to be. So right. I, yeah, I'm telling people all the time about just manage your unrealistic expectations because yeah, it could be that, but it might not be as well. Right. Well, cause and I think a lot of times too, is like when you look at a dream practically and you're, and you're moving forward it, with it and you accomplish that dream, a lot of people, you know, they do great things and they keep moving forward, but that's the objective. They were nimble. They were nimble to be able to get that dream to happen. It didn't have to happen. So one way we get so what knuckled on an idea and we, don't want to let go of it that we forget, hey, there's a world around us. And that world around us has its own thoughts and ideas too. 
And so I'll never forget people that would like, for instance, people that go to college, you know, um, especially if they come from um, very small towns where everybody kind of thinks the same way. And so, you know, whether it's a, you came from a small liberal town or a small, you know, uh, on the right town, and then you get thrown into a liberal arts college, you can get disenfranchised and better really quick because everybody thinks differently than you. Yep. I remember when I went to college and for the short time that I went, I loved that. I loved all the different ideas and thoughts. And I would like, people would get so bent and heated in these classroom, you know, arguments. And, they, and I would just crack up. I'd get so tickled because I'm seeing all these different ideas. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. But it's not that way for everybody. And so what you have to do is open your mind and look at your dream like a battle and be strategic about, like you said, setting those goals, prioritize and executing and moving forward. And if the paradigm does get slipped out from you, if you keep that childlike curiosity and you stay nimble, guess what? You're not going to worry about it. You're going to keep trucking in life and it's not going to slow you down. I know when ministry ended for me, dude, you know me. I, that's all I ever wanted. And I'm watching lives being impacted on a major level, seeing people come out of prisons and having normal lives, seeing drug addicts being you know, their lives turned around and changed and people being reunited with families. I was making a difference, but it was hell. I mean, to, to do what I was doing and doing it for the amount of money I was doing it for, it was hell on my family. It was hell on me. And then, so when I realized I had to do something different and that rug got pulled out from underneath me, it wrecked me. And I wish I could say so badly that I was like, oh man, I was forward thinking the whole time. I was so nimble and this is what I did. And I was so great. And boy, look at what I did. But I'm going to tell you from my mistakes, learn from what I did wrong because I let it wreck me in so many ways. And I was very close to just losing my mind, let alone I drank way too much, man. I just really delved deep into drinking hard and, and it was gut rot whiskey, you know, every weekend, if I had a weekend and trying to just lose my mind to something else. And it was so corrosive. My kids watched me walk through that. My wife stayed patiently by my side and I caused a lot of havoc. I wish I could say that I was perfect, but I wasn't. So hear me, stay nimble, stay curious. Absolutely. And dude, you hit it right on the head because I almost... I must finish your sentence there because I was just thinking, I mean, it all comes back to being curious because if you're not curious, when the rug does get pulled out from under you, yeah. you will have no creative idea of what to do next. Exactly. And if, and if we don't stay curious, when the rug does get pulled out from underneath you, which it will happen in some form or fashion, in every stage of life, something's going to be there's going to be a barrier in front of us. Yeah. And if we're not creative of how to deal with that barrier in front of us. We're just going to stand there. And when we stand there, that is not progress. When we, when we sit on our butt and just sit there in the middle of the path and say, well, I just can't do anything right now. Well, that's not progress. It's not helping anyone. It's not helping you. It's not helping your family. It's not helping the circle of people that you have around you. It, you have to stay nimble. You have to stay curious because that curiosity will drive you to find another answer because there's always another answer. Even when you are the problem and you yeah. screw up because we're all screw ups and we're going to mess things up, 
but there's always another way. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we get so wound up in looking at our failures. And I'm going to tell you something. In that moment, when the paradigm moves, when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, the well of all your failures comes falling in on you and crashing in on you in that moment. And I will say from experience, um, it is a very difficult and overwhelming place and you can become self-destructive very quickly. And you start to nitpick and chew apart and start to break down the relationships that you're in because those things make you feel and you don't want to feel anymore. And so, and that's just from my own self-experience. That's not every single person, right? But, and I think that what is so vitally important is that you realize that you are not the sum of your failures in that moment. You also have to realize that through life, things have happened to you. And people have spoke things to you. One of the things I tell my clients all the time, especially on that personal side, is your whole life, you have heard things. You've heard things come into you. You've been called things. You've been named things. And um, I, in particular, my, I was very verbally abused growing up. I mean, it was, it was very bad. And I was threatened to be killed as a small child. You know, if you do this, I'll kill you. If this will happen, if that, you're a this and you're a that, you know. And so you start to, after a while, you start picking those things up and putting them in your heart. And you start carrying them with you on your shoulders. Once it, your heart is full of those things, and you start carrying them on your shoulders. And then you start using those words to, to call other people and to point at other people. And then in that moment, when your paradigm gets pulled out from underneath you, you're, you're saying, well, obvious this is happening to me because I'm a this, and I'm a that, I'm a this, I'm a that. And reconnecting with that inner child and letting them know, look, you are not of this. You are not that. You are none of these things that were called to you. You're beautiful. You have greatness that lies within you, and you need to start making choices because you are enough. You are more than enough, <clears throat> and these choices that you're making right now are reflecting on a person who's been lied to. Yes. And, and we carry those lies, we believe them, and then we live them out. Yeah, we do. Every single day. I see it as a pastor, people living out those, what they've been told. They, they, they take those words in, and they assume that as their identity. Yeah. And, and we have an identity crisis. Yeah. Those words have been spoken, but you are not those words. You just are not. And you have to you have to realize that and take that into account that you are not those words that have been spoken over you, that you're something greater, that you have a greater purpose than those words that have been spoken over you. So my encouragement to everybody out there is to stay curious, to look for the uh the solutions to the problem that might not seem logical at the time Mm -hmm. because sometimes because of our past experiences, because of the way, maybe the things that have been said to you as a child or as a teenager, because words, they travel. Oh, they They do, buddy. They travel with you. you. A lot of people think, well, it's just, you know, things that were as a child. No, it goes a lot farther than that. And we like to think that we're so, we're so evolved and we're so mature. No, we carry a lot with us. We oh, really we- do. We carry a lot of baggage, but that, but that helps us um, as we grow older to be able to find our uh, identity. And you yeah. need to find your identity. You're much greater than that. You're much greater than just a, a grunt. Yeah. You're, much, you're much greater than the words that have been spoken, spoken over you over the years. So yeah, we have to, you know, find, find who you are and be yeah. curious about those things because it will help you find 
a path forward. Right. And, I, and, and, you know, it's so easy to listen to this podcast right now and, and hear us talk about these things as if we've always known them, but we have not always known them. And that's what I love about doing this one with you, because you saw me in probably one of my most bitter, ignorant stages of my life, where everything was about being macho and everything was about like, but that's how I was raised, you know? you've got to be the toughest guy in the room. And if you're not, then you've got to convince the toughest guy that you're the toughest guy in the room. Yep. And, and you walk around with this, uh, this false sense of self and this fear more or less. Mm-hmm. And I was a very, I was a very fearful human being. And I, and I remember you and I riding motors. Gosh, we rode. So we put so many miles, Tim, on our bikes, bro. So many, so many, so many miles. And I remember how many times, how many times you and I are riding down the road with our middle fingers in the air and flipping people off and being mad and macho. And so this isn't from, you know, this isn't from somebody who's some kind of guru. This is somebody who's been chopped at the knees so many times because their own stupidity. Absolutely. But, and this is what's important, is in order to stay nimble, in order to keep that curiosity, you've got to own who you are and you've got to see it from a real view. Every a day, realistic view. Of Every who day, we are. Yeah, and I'm saying this a lot, and not from obviously. I'm saying it for myself. I'm saying it for other people, and in different situations, we have to learn to fail forward better. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with this a lot. But you know, sometimes we just have to try stuff. Say it's like spaghetti. Just we have ideas. Yeah. Throw them at the wall. See what sticks. Yeah. You know? And, you know, if that doesn't work, yeah. we're going to have to try something else. And so yeah. you're going to have to fail forward. You're going to have to fail forward in order oh, yeah. to try stuff because there, there's going to be stuff that you're going to try that is just not going to work. But you know, one, I say this a lot, but that's one of the reasons why I love combat sports. And there's a big fight this weekend. Uh, Connor uh, McGregor and Dustin Poirier are, pl- you know, playing it back. And, uh, you know, you watch uh, uh, Connor's life and how he's representing himself now is completely different. It's like he's a changed man or whatever, and, and he's growing up. But the one thing that I love about those things is a lot of people get bored when they don't stand up and fight. But you know as well as I do, and you know my background is like, I know what they're doing. When they're down there, that's chess match. That's happening down there. And I know it's not as dynamic and beautiful, but for those of you who have no idea, it's actually just as strategic down there as when they stand up and you've got to be so nimble in your thought process because I've literally saw good people um, uh, in jujitsu just roll or even in collegiate wrestling, you'll watch them and they're rolling like ball because it's one counter move after another because they don't get hung up on that didn't work. That one move didn't work. And now I don't know what to do. Like I tried it and now I don't know what to do. And because if you do that, <laughs> you're going to end up in a fulcrum choke and those hurt so bad. <laughs> it is not fun. Well, what, what is that? What's that old Mike Tyson quote? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And it's true. And, and you, it, you're right. It is a chess match. And if you don't have a plan for getting punched in the face, yeah, man. You're just, you're going to fall and it's going to hurt, but you're going to yeah. learn from it too, but plan for it because it's going to happen. 
Holyfield has this beautiful story about when he was young and uh, fighting when he was very, very, very young. And he said he was doing really well. He, and he said, there's this, this one kid walked up and just decked him. I mean, he just drilled him. He said, he said, oh, my God. And he said, man, he's got what? He's because he had been hitting kids that hard. He had just never been hit that hard. It was the first time he experienced it. Well, obviously, we know Holyfield's story. And if you look at him now, what is he in his 60s? Yeah. That dude, oh, my, he could whip a whole room of me. Right? <laughs> I was like, I'm so proud of that guy. I don't know what he's doing, but he's working out and determined and doing all these things, but he's nimble. You know, he was, he learned to be nimble yep. and it's the pains of life. We so often look at those pains and we hold on to them and, and we allow those hurts to hurt us every day and to hurt others. If you don't stop allowing your former hurts to do anything, anything, but teach you, you are always going to be in slow motion at all times in your life. Yep. I spent so much of my life holding on to my hurts instead of looking at them with a clear view and, and saying, you know what? I forgive those people. I let that go, but I'm going to learn on what not to do. And I want to help this to jettison me forward instead of making me bitter all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we have to, we have to look back at some of those things and say, man, I learned a lot from that. And, oh, yeah. But you can't, make, you can't be bitter about it because if we are being curious and we're all, and we're all striving to fail forward, there's always a learning aspect. I mean, we can all look back at our own lives and identify times when we felt like we're in the absolute gutter. Yeah. And, and we failed and we failed hard. But yeah. man, if we're not learning from those mistakes, we're just going to continue to repeat them. If yeah. we're not learning well, from our own history, we're just going to continue yeah. to repeat and repeat over again. And yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But how, however, if we, if we continue to be curious, fail forward, man, we're going to, you're going to kill it. You're going to kill it each and every day. And maybe it's not necessarily in your job, but maybe it's just life in general. Maybe it's yeah. just in your, in your family. And you know, you've been treated a certain way by your parents, but you know, do you have to treat your kids the same way? Right. Because maybe you're the one that gets to break the cycle. Yep. Maybe, yeah. maybe you get to break the cycle and do something that will impact for generations to come. So we're not dealing with just the now we're playing. Like you said, we're playing it. You're playing a chess game. Yeah. And that chess game could be a long, long time. Oh yeah. And we got to be, we got to have that perspective in mind that everything that you do is not just impacting you. It's right. impacting other people, maybe in your circle, maybe in your family, maybe with your spouse, maybe with your kids. Man, we're playing the long game here. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to do as well in my own personal life. Is like I'm I am playing the long game. Yeah. And so maybe I don't maybe my dreams that I had when I'm in my 20s are being were fulfilled. Maybe some of those dreams, honestly, as I'm looking back, were dumb. Yeah. But that's okay. You're in your 20s. 20s. Most of your, most of your dreams were probably dumb anyway. Yeah, um, your cerebral cortex for males don't even fully develop till like 25. And yeah. that's really, you know, there for your, your decision making. So. And, and honestly, I think it's probably later, but you know, whatever. And scientists can think what they want to think. like 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we are playing this long game. We're, yeah. we're saying, you know, those dreams that I had when I was 
in my 20s. You know, yeah. they might have been good for that season of my life, but there's stuff mm-hmm. that in there that was good. There was stuff yeah. that, you know, I was like, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. You know, I've been working on an album literally for 20 years. <laughs> 20 years I've had some of these yeah. songs. I, I, and most, you obviously can't see it because we're on Zoom and this is just audio, but I have in front of me words in a written page, and you probably recognize this handwriting. Oh my, hey, oh my God, Tim. That, that is your handwriting, my friend. Oh, and and as, I'm, as I'm talking and I'm looking at these words. So that's like 20 years ago, bro. Uh, this, unfortunately, it's not dated, but I mean, the age of the paper. Three years. We, we might need to carbon date this paper, actually. Um, it, it was, I believe it was 2000, so probably about 21 years ago. We wrote a song together. Um, it was called Beyond Yesterday. You piece of crap. I'm crying now, dude. <laughs> you piece of crap. Hey, oh. it's not my fault. This is where the conversation took us. Um, and it kind of goes to what we're talking about. I mean, this was an unfinished, and I have unfinished things that I'm working on. You know, you're going back through the archives, and um, I found this just last week, week before. And if we, okay, I don't want to just brace yourself. All right. Um, Let's go through some of these words. The song was called Beyond Yesterday. It says, roaming down this old road, thinking of you, my old friend, yesterday. The farther I run, the closer you get, trying hard to forget yesterday. And, but this chorus that we came up with was, don't forget, live on. Don't look back, move on. Leave today, press beyond yesterday. And those words, I mean, if we, if we want to cap this episode off with that right there, that would probably do it. I mean, we got to press beyond some of those things that we live through. We got to press beyond some of those mistakes, those hurts, those pains that we've carried around for God only knows how long. Mm. But if we, if we stay curious and we learn from those mistakes, um, we do need to think about those yesterdays. We do. We, we need to think about them, but we also need to release them. Because yeah. I've seen too many people, they're carrying around so much baggage. So many yeah. yesterdays. So many yesterdays. How mm-hmm. many of them are we just carrying with them almost sometimes as a badge of courage? Like, yeah. oh, well, that's what I dealt with. That's what I dealt with. Well, yeah, you did deal with it, but you have to move beyond that. Because if you continue to carry that with you, you're not going to be able to deal with the new stuff that's going to come with you tomorrow because you're so weighted down. So my encouragement to everybody out there is obviously we want to stay curious because yeah. that will help us deal with some of the stuff that is going to come our way when, yeah. when the rug gets pulled out. But we can't continue to just hold on to all those things that we've been carrying. We got to move beyond yesterday. Yeah, you're not strong enough. You're not strong enough, man, if nope. you want to move forward. I think one of the biggest disappointments is that my handwriting has not changed at all for 21 years. <laughs> Mine actually got worse. 
it's just as bad as it was 21 years ago. You threw that sucker up there and I was like, holy cow, shocked. Tim, I we have to do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is uh, probably, I, I keep saying this, but this is the best podcast we've done so far. Um, I want this to be a regular thing for us. And the biggest thing I want Bowman Legacies podcast to be is something that is just encouraging people. And I want you all to know who is listening. I love you so much. You have so much greatness. If this has helped you, please, please, please share. Let's get the word out that the blue collar people are worth fighting for. And all because you've got that blue collar on your name doesn't mean that's who you are. And and we can become so much more. I love you guys so much. I appreciate you once again. We are brought to you by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue collar worker, one CEO at a time. Whether that is your organizational culture or just personal life coaching, we are there for you for all of those needs. And also we are brought to you by Grizz Waller, who's writing a book called Selfish Acts of Righteous Men. It is done. It is in the can. And so we are looking at cover art and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But I hope to see that out on Amazon this summer for him because it, it, it's a great fun brain vacation so you guys be blessed keep doing what you're doing out there keep getting up every morning be proud that you are the one who got up and got it done today and keep building that legacy that will far surpass your legend <laughs>